the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Growth, it just doesn't happen. It requires food, nourishment, nurturing. And that is exactly what we'll see today from a spiritual perspective here on Truth For Today. On behalf of Pastor Phil Howard and all of us at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, greetings and welcome. This is Truth For Today. Our time together takes us back to Jeremiah chapter 17, starting at verse 8. Are you growing in Christ? You know, it's equated to a tree planted by waters. And uh, to be sure, you and I both need the watering of the, the Word and the nurturing of the Holy Spirit. We need things to keep us growing in Christ. So that's the question and the answer we're looking for. Please join us for an encouraging look at Jeremiah chapter 17. Here's Pastor Phil Howard. Without the Holy Spirit, we're just a bunch of legalists. We're no better off in Israel. Here's a bunch of rules. Keep it. Go to it. But you can't keep the first rule. You don't have the power to keep anything. We've got to have divine help. We've got to have, and he didn't just say, get out and keep this list. You gave Moses 613 things for us to do, and we broke them all. Now, let's sign this up. Don't be a legalist. You can't keep it anyway. Don't be all moralistic. Say, I'm relying on God's Spirit to give me understanding of the Word and the power to do it. I need power. And he sent the Holy Spirit, and he says, I want to fill you. By the way, walk in reliance on the Spirit. Get yourselves full of the Spirit so that He's producing Christ in you, singing in you, submissioning. The Spirit, God knows we need help, and the help's available. We're indwelt people. We have the Holy Spirit. So I've got the Word of God. I've got the Holy Spirit. Is that enough? Well, you would think it would be, but God actually added his people. If I ask myself, how can we as a church help you to grow? Can we help you grow? Can the saints help each other grow? Look, listen to that Hebrews. Come together that you might stimulate one another to love and good works. You don't like that verse? Hebrews 3, 12 and 13. What does he say? Let me read this. Hebrews 3, 12. Listen to this powerful verse. It says, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day. Let me just ask you, did any of you do that every day last week? Don't, don't have to raise your hand. 
Did any of you exhort another believer every day last week? One person. Or did you write a note to the pastors? They need to do a better job. Thank you. It was a great exhortation. Exhort one another every day. As long as it is called today. Oh, I can live without your exhortation. I don't need it. Don't waste it on me. Wait. That none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. I better listen. I better listen. Now, listen to what Paul said he did to help the saints grow. Go with me now to Colossians. The book of Collisions. Are you there? Just two verses. I want, I want you to see, first of all, uh, chapter 1-9. Then we'll go in. 1-9. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, like Ephesians 1. So as to walk... He wants you to have wisdom, and walk is the word, so that you may live, that you may carry this out. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. If I ask you, where and what in your life is God bearing fruit? Are you having any fruit? I mean, it's a question for all of us. You're a Christian. You say you are. Hope you are. Or are you having fruit? Any character improvement? Any lives you're influencing? Are you, are you that tree that the leaves are always green and the fruit is always there in the right season? That verse is a little scary at times. There are seasons when you don't feel like you're having any fruit. If your roots are in the two sores... He'll bear fruit through you. John 15. I, I want you to bear fruit and bear it more abundantly. Are you having fruit? What are you doing that's keeping you from having fruit? Whatever. But listen to what Paul's method of maturing the saints and helping them to grow was. It's rather simple. Four things he did. Let's look at it. If Colossians 1 will pick up verse 28. Speaking of the preeminence of Christ, he says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Four things. Three from this in the, the Hebrews we read. Number one, he preaches to them. Now, preaching, if you could read the literature, it's commonly said preaching is no longer in vogue. Uh, everybody wants video. They've grown up on visual images. And that the, the statistics say the average audience could only pay attention 15 minutes. You do better because we give you a lot of coffee. And you grew up in church. But if you were a younger, younger audience, if you were uh, under 35, let's say, if I had a lot of you there, uh, they're fidgety. They've all got ADD. 
They can't take any content over uh, 15 minutes long. The mind starts wondering. What's he going to do audiovisual? When's the hula dance going to happen? I mean, when when are you going to do something? Hold my attention. Well, I'm in a very difficult venue for a younger generation. And I know that. Uh, Paul preached. What is preaching? Preaching is authoritative proclamation. And in the New Testament, it usually was a little word, Caruso. We have the great Italian singer, Caruso. But this word for preaching is Caruso. And it meant the gospel. That what you proclaim was primarily that if you're here without Christ, Christ loves you. Christ wants to save you, deliver you from eternal ruin, give you a brand new life. They always preach the gospel that got in there. But it's authoritative proclamation of God's message from him to you through a human being. Authoritatively proclaimed. Now, now, that sounds easy, and I'll try to unpackage some of that tonight. What do you do with a culture? He says that truth does not exist. And that's exactly, if you get a bachelor's of education in philosophy from a California university, you will graduate believing truth does not exist. That is postmodernism. It's anti-Christian, but it's where the thinking is. Truth does not exist. Only opinions. There's nothing absolute. And then we get up here in the church and say, God says, this is it. And they say, oh man, the ranting of an opinionated right wing. He's probably Republican. God have mercy on him. I don't buy into any of that. Truth is truth. Preach. So, some say, are you political? I can't afford to be. It's too nauseating. I want to preach for something that's for sure, no matter who gets in. This, when heaven and earth have passed away in all the parties, this is going to come to pass. This is the sure word. We believe God's spoken. We believe it. Go out and tell young people, whoever they are, honey, we're not guessing about sin, eternity, or Christ. God's got a way for you to know him. It's absolute truth. It's absolute. Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. Preach. So, people have always said, you come on kind of strong, don't you? And we wish you'd be more diplomatic. And I said, well, while you're going to hell and the house is on fire, could I at least yell about it? The house is on fire. We need, it's urgent times. People are perishing. Girls are being sold on the streets of Oakland, not just in India. 14-year-old girls are pimped every day. This is America where you can sell a little body because she has no worth. And the truth is, God hates evil. God loves that girl. And if I knew how to rescue her, I would. But I'm not going to sit by and say, that's okay. That's just what we do. It's sin. It's corruption. And you Republicans and Democrats, I wish you had something for an American to live for and die for besides cheap politics. What else did he do? Warning everyone. Warning. 
Now, how many of you want to come and hear me warn you? Pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, I don't think most people like warning. I mean, you know, I I wrecked my car because I didn't heed the sign that warned me to slow down, so I rolled the car. So I, I learned you ought to heed the sign. Warnings. They're never real popular to warn. It's a word, noose, our word, our, the Greek word for mind is noose. And it means to place truth before the mind to change your behavior. And we need warnings in life. When you read Proverbs, the, most of the book or much of the book is warning a young man. Don't, don't fall in with bad company. Don't fall in with strong drink. Uh, don't hang out at the red light district and hope you can stay pure. Uh, don't run with hot-headed people. And, and it's, tell, it's warning this young man, if you listen to your mother, if you listen to your father, we'll save you a lot of heartache. We'll save you a lot of bad decisions. Li- my son, I'm warning you. I'm warning you. And it says here, I'm warning you, the lack of truth, the heresies, uh, the gullibility of Christians who have no discernment, uh, can send their money to everything, buy in everything, and, and not know, warn them, warn them. I think uh, I probably cool my jets. I don't warn our young men very much like I used to. I was always warning them, stay pure, stay clean, pay attention to your wife, pay attention to your home. It's almost, it's almost like, is that a fetish? Do you have a hang-up in this area? No, I started out preaching with a bunch of guys that became womanizers. They were students of mine at a college. They were the most gifted students, gifted to preach, gifted at this and that. Booming, booming, and all of a sudden, the curtain is thrown back on an immoral life. Just had a pastor in the area contact me. Just had to release his youth man who'd had a secret life in pornography and seen other women for 15 years while on staff. While on staff. Married, children, and getting a paycheck every day from a church that loves the Bible. My wife's uncle went through three music pastors in a row that were homosexual. Had no idea. Had no idea. These are people that love God. Listen to me. We're here not to just say you're great, but to warn you of the evil, the pitfalls, the traps. Run from it. Run from it. Flee porno. Flee that seductive person. Get away. Get away from friends that corrupt you. Get around people who, if you're a druggie, don't hang out with people that will supply your habit. You know they'll destroy you. They want you for a quick sale. Ask Kevin. He knows. He grew up on the streets. He grew up making a living and wound up in prison being a drug dealer. But Jesus tracked him down. And he had a brother that prayed for him and prayed for him. And God saved him. Don't tell me. We've got people in this church. We know the trap. Warn. Warn. 
Don't play with fire. It will burn you. Don't be playing with women's affections. I tell you, flee. And Paul said, I warned you. And Paul said in Acts 20, I warned you day and night with tears. Listen to me. We're fighting for your lives. We're fighting for your marriages. We're fighting for the truth. We're fighting that somebody won't be corrupted and sold out by this Sodom Gomorrah culture we live in. I pray for your dear children that the public school is going to brainwash them and their gender is going to be so mixed up they won't know if they're male or female and all of it is uh, going to be underwritten by California public education. I think when Marguerite started school, it's ten times worse now. And Christian schools are struggling to stay afloat because people can't afford them. I never could either, but I just drove old cars and thought I'd give to the church and educate my children. Maybe the best things I ever did with my money. Gave it to God and tried to preserve my daughters. Thirdly, he said he taught. He taught the word. Don't go to a church that doesn't preach Christ, that will not warn you, and that does not teach you the doctrines of grace and the word of God. If this church isn't that church, find one that will. Don't just come here. Uh, There's no credit in heaven saying you attended Valley. We ought to be a helper to you to grow. We want to help you grow. And if we're not doing that, some way help us. We want to know. We want to know. He, he said, encourage one another. The saints are to do that. I think what's amazing here is he said, to do this, I toil. And that word is a word that means um, I labor to the point of mental exhaustion. It's, it's mental perspiration. I toil at doing this. And then this word, let me say it in the Greek and see what it sounds like to you. And I agonizomai. Agonizomai. What does that sound like? I agonize. It's an athletic. I struggle. I, I agonize. Come on, Paul. You're, you're a gospel of grace guy. I agonize with all of his energy that powerfully works within me. And I must say to you, precious saints, I am going to have to face Christ sooner than later. And he's going to ask me. I left a part of my flock to you. I took you from nothing. And I've grown you different sizes. Whatever the size is up to him. It's as though I put you over my children to take care of them. And when you stand before me, Howard, I'm going to ask you. Did you preach to them the Bible? Or did you just preach to them politics? Did you preach the word? I told you to. I told you to, and I told you there would be good seasons and bad seasons, good times when the church seems to be growing, other times when it seems to be in peril. Did you preach in season and out of season these 44 years? Answer me, Philip. I I already know the answer. I want to hear what you say. Two, did you warn my people of the evils of the day? Or would you try to be Mr. Serpy, sweetie, and you wouldn't mourn? You were like what uh, the prophet Jeremiah said. The prophets of Israel had become mute dogs. They no longer warned. They didn't bark. 
Who wants a guard dog that can't bark? Have we been barking to you and warning you? Watch your soul. Watch your morals. Watch the things being told you. Fight. Watch your family. Watch your vows. Have we or have we not? Jesus is going to ask me that. You see, all of you get off. He's going to judge me the most severe of anyone in this building. Me. Because James says those who teach the word go under severer judgment. He's going to pull me up and says, you know, I was always fussy about who watched over my three daughters for babysitters. And I had David, Fran, I had my family. We usually we'd reach for family, my sister Ruth. We were very picky about it. I didn't want to come home and say you molested my daughter. I want to come home and see my girl been slapped around. No, sir. When I got home, that little girl better be intact. And Jesus said, I'm going to entrust my church to men that will be elders or shepherds, overseers. And I want to tell you, when I come back, you better not have hurt them. Don't mess with blood-bought property. If you don't like the saints, vampoos. My sister used to always... Uh, when she was around, would always frisk me for receipts. If it was on the church card, she said, where's your receipts? I said, wait, wait, I got it, I got to get it. And, and then she was just kind of, then she'd always, this is like, you're handling blood money. These are blood-bought people who give these offerings. You're not handling your money. This is blood money. And when you handle saints, They're blood-bought people. And what do you think Jesus is going to say to me? Philip, did you warn them? Did you teach them? And were you too lazy to prepare? You wouldn't put in the mental sweat. And you never agonized over them. You didn't care that much. They were for your resume, for your advantage, for your promotion. Did you ever agonize over my church? Paul said in Galatians 4, I agonize like a woman in birth pains over your maturity. I want to see you grow. And guess what? I'd rather see you grow personally than whether we bust the side doors out. I don't want numerical growth without us becoming like Christ. Do you know him? Are you growing in him? What's hindering you? What are you doing to help? And if there's any way this church, our pastors, our elders, we want to help you. We want to be helpers of your joy. God help us to help each other. Our Father, we desperately need you. I I pray for those that may not even know Christ. They don't have eternal life. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They have no help to deliver them from the temptations, the, the, the passage, the strong tides that beat upon their soul. I ask you, Father, save the unsaved and that child of God that their growth is stunted. They're playing into a hindrance, some secret sin, some secret attitude, whatever, Lord, that is making us barren. It's making us not be our full potential. Help us by your power to remove the hindrances so that the free-flowing life of Christ 
may bear fruit in us unto every good work. And this is Truth For Today, the radio ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you for spending time with us today. As always, it is a pleasure and a delight studying God's Word with you that we might mutually grow in our love and admiration for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have questions about today's program, maybe you have a question about your own walk or relationship with the Lord, we would love to talk with you. No strings attached. Give us a call, and we'd be more than happy to answer any questions we can or pray with you. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. If you would rather write to us, here's our address, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, the zip code 94547. And again, even if it's a simple thank you for the broadcast, we'd love to hear from you. By the way, men, we would invite you to join us for our Valley Bible Church Men's Conference, Walking to Win. You know, life is a journey, and how you get through it matters. Abiding in Him makes all the difference in the world. This series will be taken from John chapter 15, and again, the conference is called Walking to Win. It's Friday, March 9th, check in at 5.30, and Saturday, March 10th, with breakfast at 8 a.m. The price includes dinner Friday evening, breakfast, and lunch on Saturday, and each attendee's packet will include a free book that will be useful on your journey, a DVD, conference booklet, pen, and snacks. Again, that's Friday, March 9th, and Saturday, March 10th. The early bird special is $45 until the end of this month. After that, it's $60 a person, $30 for Saturday only. For information, simply stop by our website or give us a call. So contact us today at 855-833-9864 or stop by truthfortodayradio.org. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.